You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Good evening, patriots. And it's Thursday, August 25th, and I am live tonight. You're not listening to a pre-recording, which has been going on for a little while because I've been traveling. But I'm down here in Rockwall, Texas, having a great time. And I just literally had like the greatest burger ever. Man, I tell you, I, I would advertise for this company, even though they're not even anywhere other. It's called Rodeo Goat. Thanks to our mod, the Conley, who turned me on to this place. You have no idea how good a burger that was. And I chose the one it's called, let me see, it's called the DCC Burger. And I'll tell you why, because it says, just like Roscoe made in 1963. Little did you know that my grandfather's middle name was Roscoe. So there you go. That's what's going on. And it's going on great. Let's do a quick call out to my pillow. And here you go. <clears throat> the season of all season slippers is in. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And due to your Hold on a second. What's going on here? He Let's see if we're going to get this thing to play. Oh, it just collapsed on me. Here, hang on just a second. Okay, let's see if we can get this thing to play. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and due to your incredible support... I guess we're not going to play my slipper tonight. Whatever. Well, you know what it is. You go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Promo code Bards. You're going to be so happy. And you're going to find all the great things you need right there at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. Get, take advantage of some of the greatest savings on bed stuff, slippers, pillows, mattresses, you name it. You name it, it's there. So, all right. So let's see what we got going on here. Make sure that you can all hear me. Everyone hear me? It's all good, 5-5? Five, five. All right, Patriots. So I've been traveling, been having a great time. This has been literally like road trip with Jesus. It's totally cool. And you're not going to hear Moment of True Summit tonight. You'll hear that tomorrow because tomorrow I'm going to be at Ted Nugent concert here in just south of here in the, on the east side of Dallas. And that's going to be fun. And just so I say it, just to make sure everybody knows that um, I'm not speaking on Saturday. That's kind of some lunacyville over there. The whole thing was a last-minute deal. They called up, said, hey, you want to speak? I'm like, yeah, I want to speak. That's fine. I'll come on down. And then I get here, and on the way, they're like, they're, they're talking to Hannah going, um, well, eh, okay, not sure if we can make have a place for him to speak. And then they're like, oh, we don't have any room for him to speak. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. Bards makes its own rallies. I don't typically go to rallies. You know that. And so, anyways, I'm doing that. Shemaine Nugent reached over and said, hey, what do you think about going with us over to Fredericksburg for Ted's last concert on Saturday instead of speaking for 10 minutes? And I said, well, let me see. Let me weigh that real quick. Speak for 10 minutes or three minutes or not at all. Hang out at a festival that I don't really want to be at anyway. Or go with Ted and Shemaine over to see Ted's final concert. I'm like, mm, see, Uncle Ted, them. Uncle Ted wins, hands down, no problem, done. And there you go. And it was easy. God provided, and it was all good. So got in here just a little bit ago, had an easy trip down from Amarillo, had a fantastic stay in Amarillo. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Going to talk about the whole trip up to this point, just following Jesus, listening to God, which is the best part about the whole thing, and having one of the greatest adventures I've had in a while, which is really cool. So like I said, I got in here. Had looked at the clocks, ooh, hour and a half before the show. Better get a burger. 
the Conley told me to check out Rodeo Goat. So I go over to Rodeo Goat. Man, smoking good burgers. Like crazy good. With sweet potato fries, too, by the way. Just awesome. And it's just a classic burger. It's not even, I didn't even get one of those extra, extra special, extra deluxe things. It's just their classic burger. And I'm, it's like Texas real meat. Like you don't get bugs down here. You get real meat. And they don't like bugs down here. And then when I looked at the menu, they actually had a vegan burger or a vegan burger or something, whatever, vegan burger. I looked at the, I looked at the bartender who was taking the order because it was, they were almost closed and they were doing just takeout. And I, I looked at her and I said, you have got to be kidding me. This is even legal in Texas. She goes, oh, I know. She says, I know. Once, once in a while, someone wanders in here. And I'm like, yeah, you might have t- tell them to wander out. This isn't about serving the, the vegans. This is about serving real meat. That's what that's about. Okay, so last night, yesterday, I had the greatest encounter. I mean, it was just awesome. And like I said, I was the trip got changed a little bit because I made the detour down to Dallas. And on that way, we had that little disruption. But, you know, like God's just awesome because when you're just like, okay, Father, what do you want me to do? And I just, and, it, and the one thing about it is always let Father have his own time at stuff. So in, while this thing was kind of percolating and trying to sort itself out, which was like the measure of dumb, and I'm sure Father was looking at it going, okay, whatever, watch this. I'm going to make it be real good for you. Just trust in me. And I'm like, cool, whatever. What are we going to do today? I went to Amarillo yesterday and I met with the guys that are setting up a new beef packing or beef processing plant. Now, why that's important is because whether you realize it or not, there's four primary packing or processing plants in the United States, companies that is. One is Tyson, that's publicly traded, probably owned, I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's majority owned by BlackRock. And then you've got Cargill, which is a big family owned outfit. And then you've got JB or something like, I think it's JB, they're Brazilian owned. So basically the main processing plants in the United States mega plants are controlling the destiny of beef for the United States. And they're the ones that are partly going along with this green agenda to force people to eat bugs too, just so I say it. And the, what's suffering is the little guy, the smaller farmers, anywhere from the average person has like 30, 45 head of cattle. But then you've got the, you know, this other size, which are like 50,000 head. I mean, there, there's some serious players in the market, but this outfit that's setting up in Amarillo is setting up a processing plant that's cattle rancher owned. So at the end of the day, more, the cost of the beef is going to be the same for us, but the cost, the value to the producer, to the cattlemen, they're going to make more money per cow, which is exactly what you want because they're not going to have to be paying the pockets of the investors and the Wall Street wonks, which is what I've been talking about so much because the problem with our industry is so much of these people who invest, and yes, if you have a 401k, I'm going to ding you. If you're putting money into stocks, you're making the money off the back of the producers and you're not producing anything. This world that God's creating right now is a world of producing, not a world of sitting on your butt making money off of nothing. And that's, that's really the key difference here. And that's something that was really evident. And again, I'll, bring the, I'll kind of come back to this, but was really evident in what happened at the event last weekend is the people that showed up. And God's right now all about who's showing up. I'm telling you, this is no joke. I mean, 
if you're not showing up, you're missing the you're missing the ark. It's like you're gonna be knocking on the door, going, "It's raining," and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, I know, we're we're dry inside. I hope you got. I know you hope you can tread water." That's really where we are. So, what was going on over in Springfield were the producers, the people that were getting their hands dirty, sowing seeds, and and that's awesome to me. It's totally cool, and it's the it's the best ever when you start to see it. And so I had the the best experience there. And the reason I had that experience, and this is where I'm coming back to, is it was a Bard's Nation follower, Jonathan. And I'm telling you, he is, it's such a beautiful family. And so what happened is he went to Bard's Fest last year. He and his family went to Bard's Fest. And then you'll remember, if you've been listening, some time back, I don't know, a month, two months ago, there was a letter that I, and I comment I read off of Apple Podcasts. And in that letter, I was, what I read was this discussion about somebody who was saying that his best friend had left and the family had cashed in the 401k and they hadn't taken the vax and how this individual was decided to, I don't know, it goes on about how because they did all of that because of Bards FM and Bards FM was a cult. <laughs> and like, okay, whatever. So what happens is, is that the, the story that, and I, I told the story on there, I said, I don't, I don't have any idea who the family is, but it's just an interesting story. But it was pretty evident from the story that, what was going on was a perspective that was shaped by a young man who had grown up in kind of the middle-class stereotype values. Like you got to have a 401k, you got to go to college. And he, he said that his friend had ruined his life. It ruined his life because he had got, decided to be a blacksmith and he wasn't going to get a college degree. All right. Well, whatever. Here's the best part about it. Jonathan wrote me the next day and I, and I referenced the letter and it's important to know that I referenced a letter because he filled in everything else. And so I can tell you when that happened. That was July 23rd when he wrote me. And in the whole process of this, he talked about how this whole thing was their family getting back to Jesus. It was beautiful, beautiful story. How they had downsized, they had gone down to living more simply, their son was really excited about going on and, and learning blacksmithing, and they were going to try to get him into some blacksmithing schools up in Wyoming. It's just a beautiful story. So here's the, the, this is even better. So Jonathan was the one that are, is working as a consultant. This is God working. He's working as a consultant for this beef packing crew. And I called Jonathan when I was in Springfield and he says like, come on over. I, and so I wasn't going to, I was supposed to be in, in Amarillo on my way through to another destination on Tuesday. But on Monday, I'm like, oh man, I'm so tired. I'd, I'd driven 30 hours and I did the whole weekend, 17 hours of podcasting live. And I just, I was praying on it. I said, God, look, I, I just need another day. So I took a rest day on Monday and I looked at the schedule. I'm like, okay, we're going to change. I'm going to go to Amarillo tomorrow and I'll stay an extra day through because I won't arrive till night and I'll stay on Wednesday. Well, it turns out that that's the day that everybody was in the office. 
this is just, I love when things like this come together. It's all God's hand. And I had a chance to meet some of the people that were so cool at this beef processing. They're the beef, they're the corporate board members that are making this happen, getting all their investment together. And Jonathan introduced me to a bunch of people. Now, a couple of stories I just want to hit on this because first of all, you're in Texas. So like when you tell somebody, when, you, when you're telling somebody goodbye and you say, God bless, they actually say God bless back because this is Texas. There's still God in this state, which is good. It's the way every state needs to be. And then I, in, the, in the corporate space, at one point, Jonathan and one of the senior people start talking about part of what I'm doing. And Jonathan's talking about the Bible and he's, he's referencing some scripture. Now, keep this in mind, and this is in a corporate headquarters space. And I mean, like it's normal, people are talking scripture and Bible in the corporate space. So if you heard my prayer today, on bended knee, one of the things I was talking about is bringing God back to the corporate boardrooms. That's what we need to do. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. It's just normal in some of these places. Amarillo is a pretty cool little city too. Had the best. Oh, this is for our, for our, one of our great beat ads, Punky, who likes to have Wednesday, taco Wednesdays. I had shrimp tacos on Wednesday, Punky, just so you know. So that's for you. And it was awesome. They were the best ever. And they're like Amarillo, Amarillo shrimp tacos, the best ever. <laughs> And it roasted the absolute best roasted shrimp. So anyway, Jonathan invites me over to their house. Beautiful home in Amarillo. What a beautiful family. So this is how they, I arrive. And Jonathan's outside. He's got his boys. And they give me a tour of their really nice garden that they've got growing. They took out all their ornamental plants. They put in a garden and they've got great stories about this, about how they were planting tomatoes and the tomatoes weren't taking. And then like there were seeds that got on the ground and they started cropping up and growing and it just, it's beautiful. It's a great garden they've got going to. And the dinner, we had a salad from their garden. It was a family. And I'm, I'm saying this because we all know how families are under siege in our Luciferian nightmare of a country we're in right now. And here's like this beautiful family and, it, and they have, I, I think I have the number right, four children all sitting together at dinner and we're all talking. I mean, that's normal for me, but I know that in America these days, that's like abnormal. And then I got a chance to see his son's blacksmith forge. He set it up and showing me what he was doing. And it was just so cool. And he's, he's talented and he's learning blacksmithing and it's fantastic. And it was just a wonderful experience. It's a beautiful family. They homeschool their children. They're setting up a home church. They got their victory garden going. I'm like, wow, let's go on the rest of this list here of our county by county. So Patriots, I'm telling you, the benchmark has been set and everybody's got to be doing this because it's doable. I've been saying it, but then when you find somebody else is doing it and they're doing it with their family, it's beautiful. And so congratulations to Jonathan as well, because he got news on, on or around the day that I arrived that he is contract consulting has been extended. So I'm just, I'm happy for him. And we just want to keep prayers up for that beautiful family. And I'm really serious. Just keep the prayers up for this beautiful family because there's many more like them, but I was just so privileged to be allowed to have dinner with them and just to share a moment with this beautiful family that just puts Jesus at the center of everything. And that's who we are. And that's part of the story tonight because it's who we are. This is normal in our world, but in the irony of the stupidity that we live in this world now, that becomes an anomaly and it shouldn't be. 
And the beautiful thing is that as we pray, and there were so many things, stories they shared with me about how they prayed on this and God provided. I'm telling you, God is raining down blessings everywhere. And he's taking care of us as we, as we follow his lead and we let go and we trust in him. It's just phenomenal. It's truly beautiful. So, you know, this, this trip has been like that for me. And it's been a beautiful trip. And it's been a sort of trip where just walking and just committing to walking with Christ and just asking Jesus to be with me in everywhere I go. You know, I, I think that that to me is, is so important is it's not just the place of saying, well, yeah, yeah, I got Jesus. No, I mean, I mean, like, remember, I've got five things I'm just kind of drill, drilling home on right now, right? And we're going to talk, we'll talk about these continually over the next few weeks. It's important. But that first one on top of the list, which I just, I, the little caption note for myself is get right with, with Christ. And, and really when we're talking about that is like, you must be able to hear his voice and you have to the heart and have a heart to follow and accept Christ into your heart, purify your walk with him, learn to hear him, come to know him. There is no us or them or in or out. It's a call to everyone that hears Christ. Every single person responding needs to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them and know because it's because the relationship is real and two-way. It's the only way we are going to navigate well through these difficult times ahead. And that's just a blunt truth. And it's a beautiful truth. So it's been just like this, you know, praying and talking and enjoying the time and the scenery and being in, in Texas, which is big and it's flat and rolling hills. I mean, I, but in fairness, Texas, I was expecting it to be barren and dry. And I, it is green from Amarillo down to Dallas, probably because Dallas almost went underwater. I think they had like six inches of what rain or something. But what a beautiful, beautiful way. And the part about this trip too is that it's been a letting go. You know, we, we make trips, and I, and I really committed to this on this trip. I'm like, Father, just guide me. Where do you want me to go? So things pop up. So this event pops up like I told you about, and whatever. You know, they're going to have their little event on Sunday or Saturday. And already I was, I, it was a good thing to come over here to go to this. It's a better trip anyway to come down here. So there's all sorts of neat advantages to coming down this way to come into Dallas instead of driving all the way over and end up being in El Paso and trying to get back because it was crazy long driving. It was a nice, easy day today. And so going to the Ted Nugent concert, which is going to be awesome. And then, like I said, you know, as one thing falls and you're just like, okay, Father, what do you want me to do? And then, boom, here comes another. Just like that. And then the best part is I'm going to be, I'll be down in Waco after the weekend, and I'm going to get a chance to sit down and have some coffee with the Conley, who if you don't, if you're not on live chat, you need to get on live chat because the Conley and the Duncan are going to be there on Saturday. We're going to be chilling and having some coffee. And it's just about meeting people and taking the time as we go along just to, to take a moment and whoever it is to meet them. 
So I have a crazy story, and I, I'm on a, I'm going to just I'm going to be very vague about locations and names and so forth for a very particular reason because there's a lot of legalities involved in this. But what I'm going to tell you is I got word today of a church. And all I'm going to say, it's in the South. Let's kind of leave it at that for now. And as this evolves, I'll tell you more details. But for now, this is all I can share. And it's for their own legal purposes, okay? But this church is a small church. And the property is being purchased by the congregation. And this church got word their corporate hierarchy. Now keep in mind that most of the churches have a corporate hierarchy if they're part of big groups, like Southern Baptist Convention. There's like a corporate hierarchy above the churches. And they were informed that they were, they was, they were gonna start bringing in gay pastors. And my, the church went, uh, nope, ain't happening. So the most amazing thing is and this is truly amazing. The church voted to leave the corporate system. And now they're in the process of buying off the land and rejecting that corporate system they're in and just standing up just a pure church of Jesus. And I love this. I think this is, and this is really the beginning of what I think is going to be a whole landslide because. The more that I learn about the way the churches are set up, it's not the people, it's this grift of a corporate architecture above them. It's completely deviating from everything and they, it needs to be stopped. And God's moving on this. I mean, God's wielding a heavy duty sword and not playing on this. So the one thing I can tell you that just keeps coming through and through again is this is the time that God's asking for people to stand and to deliver. Like when he's asking you to come, you need to come. And whoever arrives, they need to. So part of that big event in Springfield, were, those were the doers that came. And those who came heard the call. And it's an important piece about this because it's real easy just to brush it off and go, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. Now, I've told you this story before, and I, and I want to share it again because it's, it's important and it was a real uh, life-changing moment for me in understanding of the power of listening. So back in, it was 2020, so it was two years ago. It was around January. This is before Twitter banned me for life, which I'm very proud of, by the way. And they did ban me for life. <laughs> Probably because I told, I said like a hundred times that Jack was a pedophile or something like that, but that's okay. We don't mind that because truth hurts. So anyway, so I, I, as you knew, if you knew me on Twitter, I didn't follow a lot of people and just for a lot of reasons, because there's just too many trolls out there. But I, and I, and sometimes I didn't even know how I ended up following people. And this was one particular person I did. I didn't even know how I'd followed, but she direct messaged me on Twitter and said, I need to call you. And, and usually I'm like, Oh, here we go. And, and I'm like, okay. So I agreed. And I gave her my phone number and she called me and 
Now, to understand, at this point in time, I was, I was making out, at that moment in time, I was making out a list of equipment that I was going to buy. And these were new mics because I had been still running on a pretty, not, not, they weren't good mics, but I was doing what I could afford. And I finally had enough money where I could start to buy a little more equipment. And I, I had laid out a list, two lists. I made one list of what I knew I absolutely could afford. I was doing all this research, which I normally do. And then I had this other list, which I called my pro list. And I was praying it out. And I'm like, okay, God, listen, this is the list that I hope maybe to buy in three years. But I'm so blessed to be able to buy what I have now. Now, I hadn't shared this with anybody, no one. And she calls and she says, hi. And I say, hello, hello. And she introduces herself. And she says, uh, you don't know me. I say, okay. And she says, God tells me you need new mics. And I'm t- so you have to, you'd have to put a camera on me like right then. Cause I literally start looking around the room going like, who came into my house and put bugs in here to listen and, you know, listen in on my thoughts or something. I mean, I, like I'm, I'm literally like looking around the ceiling and she's like, God told me you need new mics. And she says, I'm going to deliver what he asked. I said, okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know who this person is. And, man, this is a lot of money we're talking about. I said, I said, okay, well, I have two lists. She said, I need to see them. And I said, but they're not done yet. She says, it's okay. Just as soon as you get them done, send them over to me. And I'm like, okay. So I'm busy. I'm trying to get a podcast going. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a little different. Never had this happen before. And so Friday comes. This is two days later. And I get a call again. It's an amazing woman. And she, she's an amazing woman. She's a friend now. I mean, just I just want to make clear. I just don't reveal who she is on the air. But she's just an amazing, she's a great friend. She's an amazing woman. And she says, I need that list. She says, God has told me to get you mics. And I said, well, it's not quite done. She says, okay, look, I'm just going to send you some money. And Give me your PayPal. I'm just going to send you some money. And then if it doesn't, if it is not enough, then you call me and I will provide more. Now, look, I've never received anything from anybody like this before at this point in my life. And I'm like, ooh, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't really know how to react. I'm very grateful. But, I mean, this is all new to me. And so she sends a very generous gift to PayPal. And I had just finished the list and I looked over and I had my pro list and I had this other list and I look at the amount she sends and it's $150 difference between what she sent and the pro list. And I, I literally just broke down in tears. I'm like, father, this is unbelievable. What do I do? And, and of course the answer was use it as it was intended. See, this is the thing, Patriots, and I, I, I am giving you testimony to a process and a journey that I've been on now heavy duty since God broke me in 2017. And he broke me in such a beautiful way. And he broke me to such a level that I had no choice but to turn to him and trust in him to guide me out because the way that I what I went through in August and September of 2017 left me with everything that I had done in the past got shattered. Literally, there was no turning into either one of those old processes. 
And whether it was intended, which I, I can tell you some of it was intended to break me by the deep state type trolls, idiots. God was there and offered me a way forward that I chose to follow. And it's always about a choice. And I chose to follow it. Thank goodness. And some of this was just blind walking. I had no idea. And I've been blind walking to a certain degree ever since. But it's beautiful. It's faith walking, not blind. And it's trust. And this amazing place is that as we do this and we truly let go in Christ, we find the Father is there always to provide whatever we need. And through that, we learn the power of not only receiving, but the power of gifting. It's two ways. And that's the world of Father. It's not this garbage of working for $17.50 an hour or $18 an hour or whatever you're working for. And that's all life is. It's a completely different process in God's world. And there is no scarcity. It's always abundance. And it's always what we need as we lean into him. And it comes in so many different forms. Yeah, I listened to testimonies in Jonathan family's life of the things that they'd prayed on and, and the way God provided them. And, you know, from somebody who's not walking with Christ, you hear these stories and, you're, and you know that they're going through their head like, oh, here we go, another story of trying to give God credit. Yes, that's just it. It's not another story. It's the life of that we walk of giving our credit to God in all things. You know, it's just so blessed. You stop at a place, and I've been noticing this, and I think I shared this earlier in the week. It's like I, I, every time I get out into the truck, I stop at truck stops, usually just to get gas, usually loves truck stops because they're like the best. They're the cleanest, and they're nice people that are there. And But I get out, and when I step out of the truck, I'm always like, okay, Jesus, let's go for a walk. Let's see what we can do. And what's amazing is that you walk with people, into people, strangers you don't even know, and you can just see like people respond to you with smiles and with great greetings and just niceness. And they, sh in a certain way they shouldn't because it's, we know how this culture is, everybody's grumpy anyway. But that's not what I'm encountering. And so it was this one incident that I happened that I, and I, I was kind of making a mental note of it. It's like, this is interesting. And the entire trip has been going like this. And I made a mental note of it. And then all of a sudden I have this encounter, this guy that just turns around abruptly in front of me and he's got his hands full of coffee and some creamers and something else. I don't know. And he just looks at me and it was just the most gracious, Hey man, how you doing? Today it happened. I mean, again, I like I, I came into us one of the truck stops, and there is a big dude. I mean, like he's a big time trucker dude, if you know what I mean. And he comes up and he holds the door open, and I smiled and I thanked him. And then as I turned around, I I had the opportunity to do the same, so I, I grabbed the door. And I said, "Hey, dude, I got you back. I'm holding the door." And he just started laughing. He's like, "God bless you, brother," and he just moves on. And it's you know, it's like that is who we are, because we're really great people. We're infected with a bunch of retards. But as a whole, those and when we're walking with Jesus, I mean, this is the world where we are truly in light with him and we're shining the light with him. And even those that are trying to be grumpy and hate you, they can't. That's the beautiful thing. They can't. They try. <laughs> they try and then it's like they just get melted. Like, oh, sorry. That's like, you know, 
Wicked Witch of the East or whatever. It gets the water thrown on him. It's like, help me. Ah, you know, done, over. But this is this is the beautiful, this is the beautiful walk. I keep reading up here, you're in the South. It's not just the South. That's what you're missing. Because this trip didn't go just South. This trip has gone across the Midwest from Oregon to Idaho to Utah to Wyoming to Nebraska to Kansas to Missouri. Now we're in Texas. And it's going to end up going all the way up the East Coast. And I'm going to guarantee you right now, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be like this the whole way. And I know this because I've already talked to Jesus about it and we're like, we're going to just do this. And that's how it has to be. We've got to make a commitment to this. And that's part of it. It's us deciding that's how we want to walk. And then just taking the adventures as they come and walking that way and embracing every moment. Because every time we encounter somebody, it's an opportunity for us to shine with him. And that's what we t too often forget because we get all wrapped up in our own garbage. We get wrapped up in the headlines and we read about, oh, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And it's like, no, that's, that's what they want you to do. We get absorbed in ourselves and our own fears and our anxieties and our stupidness. And where we need to be is in this place of letting Christ work through us so that he shines through us and we bring light to the world. That's truly it. And when we put that in our thoughts and our places and the way we walk, every step we make, we are literally proclaiming as God's world. That is like sovereign steps every time we're reclaiming the kingdom. And that's the real battle. This deep state, these fools, they're getting their tail whacked. There's no issue. I and mean, we're going to see them get a big smackdown. And that's continuing to happen. And it's going to continue to happen. Because more and more people are awakening to Christ. So let me go over these five things that I'm, I'm walking with right now. This is what God put on my heart as part of the message to carry. So I, I'm doing this amazing Jesus travel. It's like the Paul Revere ride with Christ. It's awesome. And I've got, I've told you this, I've got 12 Bibles and four have been delivered. And there's, at this point, I know kind of who's getting the others. There's eight more. And there's key people that I'm meeting along the way that some of which I've never met, but I'm going to find my way in. And that's what God's put on my heart. And they may change. I don't know. And I don't worry about it because if they change, God will show me who else. And then there's five key messages that God has asked and put on my heart to share. So here they go. So we already talked about one, which is get right with Christ. The other is praying for President Trump, but not praying, not just praying for him. And this is what we've been doing. They're like, I'm going to pray for Trump. It's like, good. What are you going to pray for? I'm going to pray for president. <laughs> it's like, well, are you going to pray for the fact that he's going to start eating tomatoes? Are you going to pray for the fact that he changes his hairdo? Are you going to pray for the fact that you want him to do well in a golf game? What are you praying for? Praying for President Trump in my way is we are praying for a president that will become a repenting president. Father's looking for a leader, a great world leader that will repent with the nation. 
Now, this is my calculus on this, and I'm, this is how I'm seeing it, and I think we're making progress. You may not agree with me, but I think this is kind of, I, well, obviously, you can see I'm kind of laughing about it because I think this is how Father's working. So they say we're two or three are gathered. Well, we don't have two or three. We've got about half a million people that listen to this show that are in here praying for President Trump, and we're praying together for this thing of being a repenting president. Well, <laughs> there's some events that are kind of lining up, and I'm like, whoa, this is looking like President Trump might walk, walk this path of Samson. And I don't think that's funny, but I do think that's funny because here's what I think. And I gave this a lot of thought today, and I'm just going to share this with you. We know President Trump has a, I think he's got a good heart, but I think he's got an ego about the size of a, a triple-sized Titanic. And the funny thing is that had he not had that ego, he would not have been as successful in disrupting the deep state's agenda for the doggone vax. As crazy as that is, if you think about it, there's a lot of truth in that statement. And this is how, this is to me how father works. He's going to be like, oh, you got that ego? Okay, I'm going to use it. And so in the process, we see this whole agenda of deep state kind of gets thrown off timing. And we see that President Trump has also gained the incredible power to literally change the world in a single tweet. Now, I think he's at a valley of decision right at that juncture right now. And this is where I think he can go. I think one way he can go is he can go and they can go through this Luciferian ritualistic garbage where those that gain greater power have to go through sacrifice and they can raise him up to be some sort of dark lord of the new cabal. Or, or he could have an encounter with Christ. And if he has an encounter with Christ and he truly gets to the place where the world gets so big and heavy that he, only there that he sees Christ and encounters Christ and because it's getting pretty heavy. They're making the Democrats are now pulling out the all stop card to blame him for the problems on the vax and they've got the documentation to prove it. They've raided Mar-a-Lago. They're trying to get him charged with something and they'll make anything up to stop him. I'm not telling you he's going to jail. I'm not doing that. But I am going to tell you that I think that he's facing some tremendous pressures and attacks on his personal character and everything else. So I am praying for this president, as God put on my heart, and I hope you will pray with me because we'll do it tonight, to pray for a president and to pray for a repenting president. Because no matter how you dice this up, President Trump can change the world literally in a tweet. He can send the leadership of the world into a tizzy and off the rails. He can send the media into like a brain meltdown. And he can raise up people in less than 265 characters. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Now, I want you just to imagine what would happen if President Trump decided to repent and lead the nation in a repenting prayer and a prayer for mercy of this nation and the world. I've got news for you. That's called legacy. Because there would never be another president following him that, wouldn't be able, that would be able to sit in that seat without knowing that he's going to have to follow that role as the power of God led this nation, they would have to do the same. That's legacy, and that would be something Father would be more than capable of doing. So in the court of heaven, I want them to hear my vote that we'd like to see a, president, a praying president that would repent for this nation and with this nation. So number three, as I've talked about already, is First Nations, Last Nations. This has been really interesting to me because I've talked about this, the necessity for us to heal 
First Nations and Last Nations and bring the two together. First Nations being Native Americans and those of origin, Last Nations being all of us. And part of this is we've got to bury the doggone acts of hatred that we have between us because that hatred was created by those that are now in power, but the legacies before them. They did it intentionally. They made, it, they made blood rifts in hopes that we would never be able to escape it. But if we're accepting Christ in our heart, we're going to have to forgive and we're going to have to come together and reform this nation as one body. That's truly where we're going. So here's, again, watch this amazing story. I go back to the cattleman group up at Amarillo. Now, at the end of this one meeting, Jonathan comes in and he says, did you ask this one person at the corporate head about the Navajo? Because you've, you've heard me say, I want to reach the Navajo. Why? Because they just had a, a Christ revival and they had 83 tribes present at Circle Rock. And I said, no, we hadn't got to it yet. So Jonathan goes and proceeds to talk to this guy at the corporate head. And he's like, Scott's gone this mission. He's carrying a Bible to them. And the corporate guy looks at him with a big smile. He says, this is awesome. He goes, I've been trying to reach the Navajo. And this is what's amazing, because here we are talking about First Nations and we're talking about healing with prayer. And he says, we want to get them involved with us. Now, Patriots, that's a really big deal on a corporate level when you think about it, because they're wanting to reach into the reservation world, into the Navajo who raise cattle and others, the Comanches and, and the Cherokees do. And they want to include them in this cooperative buy system to where they can be participant in being able to provide cattle for their processing plant. That's huge. So again, it's like God's there. And there's something about cattle. I'm just going to tell you because there is scripture and I don't have it in front of me that God owns all the cattle. And I'm telling you, I'm listening because there's something about cattle on this whole trip. You know that I recently purchased cattle because God put it on my heart. I've run into cattle people here. I'm going to speak to somebody else about cattle next week. And it's like, it's everywhere. And I'm speaking to somebody else in, in Southern Georgia about cattle. So I don't know what God's got in mind, but I'm listening. So healing First Nations, Last Nations, big deal, super important. We have to build the bridges. Sowing seeds. And that's all about this trip. It's about our daily lives. And it's taken on a whole different dimension for me as I've gone along here, because as I just mentioned a bit ago, sowing seeds is also just as we walk in the world. It's a beautiful walk. And as we're bringing Christ with us and we're walking, letting Christ work through us, we're touching people even when we don't realize we are. There's a thing going on right now on TikTok. And it's like, it's almost good, but it's not good enough. And I, I'm, I'm, I want to start this thing. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off, but it's just, I want to share it. So you've got this thing right now, if you've seen these videos where people are going out into random strangers and they've got somebody at a distance that films the engagement and somebody else walks up to a random stranger and they just leave them with a bouquet of flowers. And then they leave them a little note. And the note basically says something like, you know, you're a beautiful soul in the universe. Don't forget that. And every time I read this, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We're so close, but we're, we're not there. And all that we would have to say is Jesus loves you. And they put that on the note. And now we're into the home run section of the, of the game. So if there are Bars Nations people out there that are so inclined, go research those videos on TikTok. They're around. And they're on TikTok news on Telegram regularly. And you'll see them and you'll see what they're doing is they get one person filming from a distance and another person bringing up like a bouquet of flowers. It, sometimes it's a guy delivering a flowers to 
somebody. Sometimes it's a girl delivering flowers. Usually it's like opposite sex stuff that they're doing. And these pe people are moved I and mean, they're left in tears. But we don't need notes talking about universe. We need notes talking about Jesus loves you. And that's the point is it's there. The great thing about what they're doing is they're just doing kind acts and acts of kindness to others. And they're giving with a giving with a giver's heart. This is how we're going to change this world. Duncan, our kilted Christian shared with me a great story today. And I just love what he did. Cause he went today and he was getting gas and he looked over and he saw an, an African-American woman that was over there and she was just kind of walking around, kind of displaced, not knowing what to do. And, and he approached her and he said, are you okay? And she said, my car's not working, I'm out of gas. And she just didn't really know what to do. So Duncan just said, hey, I'll fill your tank for you. And he did. Patriots, that's how we win this thing. They can't take that away. They can't take the acts of kindness away. They can't take the one-on-one -on -one engagements away. They can't take our sowing seeds. And that's what we're talking about is sowing seeds, physically getting your hands dirty in the actions of expanding the kingdom and touching people with Christ. We're not talking about door knocking and going, hey, I've got a black tie on and I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. It's like, who cares? What is important is when you go in and somebody's there and you're like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can I buy your coffee? Can I buy your tank of gas? You see somebody who's in need. And of course, our thought is, well, what happens if they're a drug addict? Who cares if they're a drug addict? If you give them a dollar, give them a donut, give them a cup of coffee, and you've blessed that coffee, do you not think God's going to work through that act? See, we're so ridiculous sometimes. We try to judge what we're going to do before we ever get there. You know, it's just like, where do you, where are we going to go? And I, I know, and I've, I'm not going to make any, it's not an attack on anybody, but I know that, you know, I've mentioned I was going to go down and I was going to speak at this event and Wano Sabin's there. And there's, I've already seen chatter of people like, well, why would Scott go and speak where Wano Sabin is or someone like that? You know what? If God told me to go in the middle of a strip club, I'd go. If God told me to walk in the middle of the Hell's Angels den, I'd go. Because I don't listen to anybody else's direction but the Lord. And when he puts it on my heart to go somewhere, I go. And that's how we have to be to do this. And it's just that easy. So it doesn't matter where we arrive. It's where God needs us to be. And as we're listening to that, we're sowing seeds. And if we're going to take Christ with us when we go, we're sowing seeds by just being there. That's standing. Because at that moment in time, we're standing into the, the places that God needs and we're radiating the love of Christ through us and we're having the confidence and security of our feet solid on that rock of faith. And it's just fantastic. I, I love this walk. You know, I'm, I would be honest if God said, like, go to a strip club, I'd be like, seriously? <laughs> I'd be like, isn't isn't there like some newbie you can recruit to do this? And I, he'd probably like, <clears throat> I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll go, whatever, gotcha, like, whatever. <laughs> but see, you know, there's there are pastors out here doing amazing work like that, 
and they go into the strip clubs and I always hear it. They're like, I can't believe this dude actually went in the strip club. It's like, where the heck do you think he's going to get them to come to Jesus? They're not going to come to church. If these people come to church, the congregation's going to chase them out because there's half of these groups are just so uptight. Those pastors that are going in there are like bringing Jesus to them. That's the way we fight. I mean, where God puts us is where he needs us. This journey is great because God's literally like driving the car. I'm like, half the time, I'm like, all right, Jesus, you want to take the wheel? I think the other day as I was driving, I was doing some ranting, and Jesus was literally like looking at me going, dude, I'm going to read a book. You can go right ahead. I was like, whatever. Got you. I'm going to have my thing. And I did. Have my have my chain and chain playing in my ears and blasting my lights across the Iowa or Wyoming state and crying and praying and loving Jesus and it's a great drive. That's just it right there. It's that's that's total peace. And by the way, for you guys out there, because I'm sure there's a bunch of them, you're like, oh, the dude's crying. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm proud of it. And that's strength. Because if you don't have the strength to get on your knees as a guy and pray and have some tears in your eyes for Jesus, you got nothing. <laughs> because I can stand to the greatest evil like David did. I've done it. We'll do it again. Never will stop. But the humility, you guys, we need to make it, it's like make praying for Christ great again. Make crying for Jesus great again. That's what we need in the men because we need a whole bunch more of that stuff going on. So that's the good stuff. All right, so what's the last one? The last one, number five, the children and the elderly. We, we talk about the children. We talk about the elderly. These two are together because it's a cycle of life. Where we begin and are nurtured by our parents, we end by nurturing them. And there's no excuses anymore for us not taking this responsibility. Period. End of story. God's not playing, and I'm telling you, the sword's coming. So if you aren't in a place, if you have the opportunity to take care of your parents, do it. If you have the opportunity to homeschool your kids and make sure they're out of this indoctrination nonsense and you're nurturing them, do it. Because no matter what the burdens it may feel like individually, there is nothing that's a greater task than that. So we must nurture the children and the elderly, our parents. And we have to respect the elderly. They're the wisdom class. The children are the awakening, awakening class. The elderly are the wisdom class. Now, why is it that we always end up like, not putting those two together. I just, I, that's the one thing that blows my mind. Homeschoolers, just as a footnote here, one of the, some of the greatest teachers you can ever have your kids exposed to are eager and waiting. They're retirees and elderly. They're eager to share their stories with people of youth and they, that's been stolen from them. Our wisdom class has been under siege. Our emerging awakening class of children is under siege. We should put those two together and realize there's a reason for that because they know that's the power within society that brings it all together. It's the arc of life. We have the responsibility to protect it, to give it voice. We are the watchers on the wall. And if we don't, the blood is on our hands. And that's the five. The five points of this trip is I'm screaming them out in my different ways, talking of them at every stop, 
talking of him on this show because this is the Paul Revere ride of Jesus. And along the way, 12 Bibles are getting delivered. And along the way, a whole bunch of T-shirts getting dropped off and some other stuff and whatever else I've got. And just whatever Christ leads me to do. And the podcasts keep going on, and they will. They won't stop. And our community continues to grow, and Bard's Nation gets stronger, and the discipleship of the many begins to rise. Because that's what we're here for. We are behind enemy lines. The enemy thinks they've got us. I've got news. They got nothing. We are the most powerful army ever devised. Each one of us with a task. It doesn't matter whether you understand the task or understand how it fits into the bigger puzzle. If you're called to do it, do it and move. And that's that same thing. The urgency is when God puts it on your heart to do it now, not to put it off and not to wait. Just like the story with the mics. Something I didn't appreciate at the time, but that beautiful woman reminded me of it. And she's a beautiful soul. When God puts it on our heart, we have to go. But God puts it on our heart, we have to do. And he's looking for those that will, will attend, that will be present. That's the thing. Each one of these moments in our life that we're crossing, God's not looking just for those that will stand. He's looking that those will be present and active and ready to get their hands in the dirt. These are the times we live, and it's amazing times and unbelievable opportunities. So remember the parable of the poor rich man because, or the young rich man, I'm saying poor because he's poor in what he lost. He had such an opportunity, such an incredible opportunity because Christ took enough notice of him to offer him the opportunity to walk with him. All he had to do was sell all of his things and give away his money, and he could not do it. He won the lottery and didn't realize it. Patriots, that lottery sits with every single one of us. It's Jesus. He's right there. All we have to do is listen. All we have to do is be present. All we have to do is learn to appreciate him and to treat him as a living being rather than this mythical thing. I said this to somebody the other day. I said, be that person where they look at you and they go, ooh, he's got an imaginary friend. Like, be that person. Talk to Jesus. Let people think you're a whack job. I do. Drive down the road, I swear they're like, who's he talking to? It must be his cell phone. It's not my cell phone. <laughs> I'm having some great conversations with Jesus, and I'm proud of it. These are amazing times. God is moving in big ways. He's shaping the and shaking the earth, and it's happening everywhere. That's the thing that's what's so wonderful is we're driving, I'm driving along. I'm like, well, I'll, I can look around here and I'm looking at the, what's going on in the fields and I'm looking what's going on in the cities and I'm looking at how many people are moving around. And then today I pull into a Love's truck stop again. And I'm calling a friend that I haven't talked to for quite a while. And I, and I usually have, I'm usually, as I'm driving down the road, I'm usually using a Bluetooth some, something or other mic so I can talk and drive but it won't work on this particular app he uses. He uses a really secure app. And so I have to pull over. So I pull up into Love's and 
I, and to get into a bit of shade, I pull up in front rather than it's, and I'm not going to take up a gas point because I'm not gassing up yet. So I pull up in front of the gloves store. And there's a couple, there's two couples standing in front of me. And they're talking and I'm being careful because the Jeep's got a pretty good sized bumper and I want to make sure I'm like, like not all of a sudden knock them all down or something because I went too far up and crossed the sidewalk or something. So I pull up and they acknowledge each other and they went on with their conversation. And I'm talking to this friend. He's a, he's a, he's got God, God working through his life powerfully too. And about halfway through the conversation, I look up and these four people, two couples, man and wife, right here in front of loves in the middle of middle of loves in the middle of a parking lot, basically they just join together and they start praying. And I smile and I'm like, that's it. It's that simple. This is the world we're moving into a world where we unabashedly just talk to God whenever we need to, not when we feel like we have to. We don't care where we are. There's no pretext of having to be in a pew or be in a church or be in your home or in private. This is in the middle of everywhere. There's truckers on one side. There's people getting gas in another. There's other people walking in and out of the store. And I'm sitting right in front of them off, the, off my bumper. And they just come together and they start praying. One woman's crying. All of them are, are talking in prayer. It's beautiful. See, that's the world that we're moving and the world we're building. Absolutely, unabashedly, in love, in passionate walk with Jesus. It's that simple. And when we do that, God brings the rain and the earth shakes. And the structures, the houses built on sand fall. And from those ashes, God rebuilds and he leads us to rebuild houses on the rock of faith. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today just very humbled, very blessed with all that we have together and all that we share together in this beautiful time. A fellowship that we've developed that spans distance, it spans time. And that pursuit that each one of us has before us that you've given us to have an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus. We just pray, Father, just for those doors to open for the many to walk through, to embrace what's right before them. Not to question, not to doubt, but to just realize that the gift is there. That it has been. And now more than ever, we see with eyes you've given us, with scales that have fallen, with ears that we now hear. It's literally right before us. And so we pray for the many to find it, to see it, to accept it, and to embrace it and to run with it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the joy, this, the strength. Thank you for the courage, and thank you for that rock of faith that we stand on that gives us the ability to weather any storm and know that as we do, Jesus is with us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, Patriots, it's really nice to be on tonight live. It's different when you're doing those shows, and I appreciate all of you hanging in, and I thank deeply all the effort that Duncan did, and, and he will continue to do as I do this trip to help out. And it's just, it's a couple different types of shows. You know, it's one where I'm active and present in one and the other, I do them in the morning and I record them and send them over to Duncan and he blesses and he's able to air them. But this is how we work. This is how we adapt. This is how we roll. We never give in. We always stand, we get stronger. And the thing is that, we're building bridges in amazing ways as we do it, and we're bringing in more people. So I'll close with this little piece. So tonight, I walked in to the hotel, and I got a text from Dr. Lee Merritt, who I respect immensely, you know that. And one of her followers had just recently sent over one of those nasty articles they put up about me in Denver. And it, it was, and and she was very gracious about it. She said, I, "You know, I don't mean to do this. I just have to." One of my followers just sent this over, and I started laughing when I got it. I'm like, "Oh!" And I told her, "I said, whoever's, whoever just saw this apparently doesn't listen to this show." And I, so I called her, and we had the best talk, and just kind of, she had not heard the story, and she has a similar story too. And you know, I just, I looked at Father, I just talked to Father, I said, "You know what? This is amazing." A moment in my life when it happened, I thought was the end for me. I, I literally thought everything in my life had ended. And what, was, what had ended was my vanity. What had ended was my ego. What had ended was my idea that, of what I thought was important. And here I am coming up right now. In fact, it's almost exactly five years later right now when that whole thing took place. In fact, I... In fact, it's this crazy. It was today, five years ago, that it happened. That's just crazy. So what an amazing incident that that thing should pop up today of all things. I just thought about this. I just realized it. <laughs> five years exactly later, someone sends her the article from Denver. That's crazy. And the thing is, I'm laughing now. I'm emboldened. I'm stronger than I ever imagined I would be. And why? Because more than I've ever been, more than I ever thought I could be, I'm so deeply stuck, stuck on this rock of faith and Christ and walking with Christ so powerfully that I'm just like, bring it. That's where we all have to get to because there's nothing they can steal from you when you walk with Christ. There's nothing they can take from you. It may hurt a little bit, but you get over it. And I'll tell you, forge, you're forged in the flames. So it's a beautiful time to be alive and awake and powerfully walking with Jesus. And the world is changing and we're part of that change. And that's the greatest gift we could ever receive. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. Dig deep, reach hard. He's there. Seek that personal and intimate relationship with Jesus.
in the end, God will always win. But he has us here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed evening. I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. We're on the edge of a moment. Every broken dream Fit together flawlessly Paved the road to better things Letting go of the moments That could only keep us down I can see it now Can you see it now? We're on the edge of a moment Sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this face. When your soul answers calls far away
Drifting like the tides Out on the freeway Let it ease my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back To what we know Keep it close on the cold days, darling Counting all the ways Where you are a safe place To hide from the rain Thank you.